The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, <clears throat> so the topic is desire, desires, and it's a um, <clears throat> easy to listen to Buddhist teachings and uh, believe that in Buddhism desires have a bad rap <clears throat> and that somehow we're not supposed to have any desires. Desires are, having desires is the most natu- one of the most natural things a human being can have. It's fact, I think that we shouldn't be called human beings, we should be called human desirelings. Because this, you know, <clears throat> even just to me, lift up my hand here to make an, ex, you know, to gesture involves some kind of very simple desire to move my hand and make an, make some gesture, some communication with my hand. Um, to shift my posture as I'm sitting here involves a desire. To feel hunger and want to eat is a desire. To have a bladder full and want to go pee is a desire, you know, that there's a desire. Desires are just part and parcel of life. They're part of probably every moment almost of our life that we're operating under some kind of desire that either is appearing in the moment or got us to the place where we're at now. <clears throat> you come to meditate and if you're able to sit completely desire-free in the meditation, imagine that zero desires whatsoever, but it, there was a desire that got you to the meditation. There's no way around that. You don't just kind of like just drop out of the sky on a meditation cushion and, you know, I had no plans. I wasn't planning this at all. Like, you know, I was kind of like, you know, look, you know, I'm innocent. I didn't, I had, there was no desire operating here. So desires are a completely normal part of life. You will have desires. If you're fully liberated, enlightened, you'll still have desires. There's no way around it if you're a human being. The only maybe way around it is to be depressed. To be, you know, you know, super depressed, you know, no desires for anything at all. <clears throat> so desires are a normal part of life. The question in Buddhism is how we how to have desires how to desire, how we relate to desires, how we involved with desires, not whether or not to have it. And one of the things we're trying to do in Buddhism um, is to liberate our desires. Isn't that nice? And in a very simplistic way is we're liberating our desires from ourselves. That's, as I said, that's simplistic. So we're liberating desires from our clinging, our compulsions, our headlong kind of picking them up and going along with them. And, you know, and if a desire comes with an urge, kind of like feeling, well, um, I want to follow the urge. I want to follow that pressure that's there. It's important to do it. And, uh, and that could be the pressure and the urge to say things. Because Whenever you speak, there's a desire operating, but it can be compulsive desire. It can be a strong kind of 
like I have to say this, I have to give this person my opinion, or I have to give this person a piece of my mind, I have to, you know. <clears throat> and so, so we rela- and how do we relate to the desires? And then, and then as we look at desires, we discover that desires, they're of a different nature, different kinds of desires. Some desires in and of themselves are compulsive, driven, there's a lot of craving, a lot of pressure behind them, a lot of tightness, contraction. There some desires have a lot of self, conceit, conceit around it. And some of the desires come along with a lot of ill will. Some desires come along with a lot of greed, a lot of ambition. So what we're doing here in Buddhism is understanding and studying desires, getting to understand what, what is a desire? What's extra? What goes along with desire? So that we can liberate desires. And what does that mean to be, liberate desire? It means to uh, uh, recognize the naturalness of how, where desires can appear when they appear without any, um, kind of effortlessly. Desires are, can be a dime a dozen. They are a dime a dozen. It was the last time any, they're actually cheaper. <laughs> they're, you know, they, uh, uh, but to begin recognizing the genesis of a desire and discovering how there can be a desire that has no weight to it, has no pressure to it, no contraction, no tightness, no tension associated with it. It's like a, a, a desire that has a feather touch, a desire that is uh, almost um, um, feels effortless in the way it kind of floats up or floats through. It's not easy to discover that or feel that, but if you're not told that that's possible, then you see all these desires that are crazy-making in us and get us in trouble. You're like, I've got to stop desiring. No, you have to discover a new way of desiring, having desires. And so, in desires which, to have, to have the desires well up and relate to them in a way that um, promotes your well-being, so, so promotes happiness, freedom, liberation. How do you have a desire that nourishes you, that supports you, that is not a drag to have. How are you free in relationship desires, and how do you free desires from you? How do you live with desires in a good way? So to discover this takes a lot of attention. That's why one of the reasons to meditate uh, is not just to get calm, but to become calm enough so you can look at desires in a new way. If you just think of meditation as getting, being coming calm, and then like then you're going to go around and get up from meditation, I'm going to stay calm, <laughs> and that's the whole point, um, you might not learn anything about yourself. And then you have to go meditate again to become calm because you got agitated because of your desires. It spun, it spun you out. And, um, but get calm, and then from that vantage point, see what you can discover about 
take a good look at how desires work for you. Now, one of the great desires is the, is the desire to be mindful. The desire to be aware in some clear, present moment way. To be in your experience, in your life, aware of it in the living present, in the lived moment. That's a desire, to be mindful. That's a, a wonderful desire to experiment with, to explore. How could I have that desire so that it's, it's not mixed, mixed up with conceit? Like, I have to be the best meditator here. That's why I'm doing this. Or how do I do that, that desire without aversion? I hate myself, I hate my life, and this Buddhism is supposed to help, and I'm just going to bring, I've done this, bring mindfulness to kind of like get rid of something. You know, if I just do, you know, if I do the mindfulness, it's like bringing the, you know, it's like bringing a grenade, grenade to it. It'll just, I'll just blow it up to smithereens and it won't be there anymore. My so-called, whatever the issue is. So there's hostility in the mindfulness and in the desire to be awake. <clears throat> or there could be greed. You know, I've heard that the meditation is a way of having like great pleasure. <sighs> Ecstatic joy. Oh. I can't wait. And so the desire, you know, is like, okay, I can't, you know, so there's almost like, you know, that's, so there's all this extra stuff we bring to the desire. Part of it, to have the desire to wake up, the desire to be mindful without anything extra. It's very simple. And then that desire, does it come with any pressure? tension, contraction, weight, or can you find a way where that desire can well up, can arise, can be there, can be called on, so that um, it just kind of has a very easy going, easy feeling, just easy. There's no demand, it's kind of like take it or leave it, the desire is there, but the desire doesn't need to be acted on. The desire doesn't, nothing, nothing needs to happen. Just, wow, there's that desire. Isn't that nice? Is there a way in which the, um, so, uh, so here's an interesting thing to look at. If you, it occurs to you, you know, oh, I've heard this talk today, and and so I, I think I want to have a desire to be mindful now because that seems like a good exercise. So let me have that desire. So this is what's interesting. You had the desire for that desire. It's possible that the way that you thought, I'm going to call up the desire to practice, that that, that, is, that desire to call up the, the desire to practice that was the peaceful one. And then as soon as you, you were going to be the one who do it, then you kind of get kind of into gear, the old kind of warrior came into place, I'm going to do this well. But you miss the fact that the, in, the initial kind of thought, oh, it'd be nice, let me try to bring this up. That was done innocently. That just seemed like a good idea. Where, is the, where can you tap into the desire that has this innocence or simplicity or lightness to it. So when the desire, so you can feel the desire to be present, 
there's no pressure, there's no extra, there's just, it's just a very simple desire. But it's a desire to be present, where just having the desire is, begins the process of being present. It isn't that you have the desire to be present, and then you have to do something more. It's even just having the desire and being present for it and feeling it well up, this simplicity. It's like, it's like magic. It's like parting of the water, which is a great biblical miracle. Wow. I just have this simple, very simple, no pressure, no expectation, almost a non-doing kind of, I'm not doing the desire, there's a desire to be present. And as that wells up, I'm present. Look at how did that happen? How does this work? So whether everything I said makes sense to you or not, that's what, you know, I'm assuming it all makes sense. But I'm hoping that uh, this is a, a call for you to take your desires seriously as a field of mindfulness practice. To really kind of, you do the investigation, you do the study of how desires operate in you. Because this is the, you know, the, one of the key areas that we want to discover and become, understand, if we want to become wise in this practice. And not to have the idea that it's just no desire at all is the point. The point is to have desires that are free. That where you feel freedom and ease and peace with it. And are free of the unwholesome compulsions that, reactivity, that can be a big part of our lives. For most people, this will be a radically different way of operating in the world to operate from this kind of, these kinds of desires that are, have no weight to them, that have a feather touch, you know, is, are just like, you know, simple, like a dandelion seed just blowing in the wind, just on that light, that kind of easy. But it can be that way. And it's a, and you probably discover with that kind of ease or naturalness in your desires, that your desires probably be more likely to be wholesome than unwholesome. And if they are unwholesome, there's no pressure behind them. So you don't have to, they don't have to go anywhere. Nothing has to happen. It's just, oh, look at that. Look what just went through. Oh, that wasn't very nice. No pressure, no nothing. So this ability to see the lightness, the naturalness of the welling up, the genesis of a thought, of desire, um, and have the lightness, the naturalness of it being there, gives us wisdom to know what to pick up and what not to do, what desire to follow up on and what not to follow up on. So may you make desires a subject of your study. Thank you. <laughs>